Trophy with that free kick. Here comes Ede. Not got much help. Oh, he doesn't need any help. How about that? The striker who rarely scores has scored maybe the biggest goal in the history of the Portugal national team. Well, I said earlier, he would have been an unlikely hero when he had that header saved by Hugo Lloris. But that drive from distance, he could not have hit it any better. As you say, Martin, he's not a... Hello and welcome to the last episode of Vujokiv's. What a place to end. France, 2016. Portugal win the European Championships. We all know how the story ends, but how did the story start? It's time to go right back to the beginning and look at the qualification period and look at what was happening both in the federation and the players and how Portugal ended up going from underdogs, not too fancied, that went on to then beat France on home soil. Philippe, this is the one that we've this is the one that we've we've been talking about every single week on the Uzukis from nineteen eighty four right up until today. How excited are you on a scale of one to twenty sixteen? <laughs> <laughs> I am twenty sixteen excited. And let's be honest, this is the only reason we're doing this series is because we won. If we yeah. haven't won in two thousand sixteen and go in the group stage, we would have not done this. And that is why we're never going to do a World Cup series. Because <laughs> I'm not speaking about going out in the groups to Ghana and USA every every year. <laughs> so, right, there's there's literally no better place to, than to get into it. And also, just a side note, because this episode will be out on Tuesday the 15th of June. Tuesday the 15th of June is an important date because... It's Portugal's kickoff in the Euros. So today, as you're listening to this, Portugal will be playing against Hungary at five o'clock. Hopefully, this episode's came out sometime in the morning, and you use this episode to sort of sort of get you in the mood. You listen to how one Euros ends, and it feeds into how one begins. So even before we start, massive good luck. I hope we get the job done today. But for now, we're going back five years into the past. In fact, we're going a little bit further than five years. We're going all the way back to the 7th of September, 2014. What a day. What a day. (laughs) This comes about three, four months after Portugal have been knocked out of the 2014 World Cup in the group stage after drawing 2-2 with the USA, losing 4-0 to Germany and uh, getting a solitary win against Ghana, uh, a 2-1 courtesy. First goal was an own goal. Let's just brush over 2014 and, and say that things weren't great. 7th of September 2014, Albania 1-0 loss. Philippe, what are you thinking when the final whistle's blown? Portugal have run out 1-0 losers against Albania. I guess I was thinking the same thing that the Federation was thinking. There was time <laughs> for Poland to go. And just for, for everyone listening that doesn't really remember... How bad was uh, this team? Jeez. We had players like Ricardo Costa, which he was a good centre-back, but never a level of the national team, in my opinion. We had uh, the hero Eder started, so we're not going to go <laughs> pick up on him. <laughs> and uh, we had Ivan Cavalier, which played the second half. 
we have Ricardo Ward, which right now and moving to 21, he could be on the national team, but at the time he was still quite young, play, he was playing at Malaga. We had Pedro Tiva on the bench, which I like Pedro Tiva, but I never thought he was going to be a national at that level. <laughs> at yeah. that level. And uh, we have Ruben Vez, same thing, very good centre-back, but mm, don't think he ever made it to be a level of uh, the national team. So there was a very different team than what happened after. And the other question is, is why was all this happening? Because in Portugal, started the idea after the World Cup that the generation of Moutinho, even though Moutinho was not that old at the time, but Moutinho, Ricardo Carvalho, all these players would be time for them to go. Uh, Paul Bent going a massive row against some of the older players, especially mm-hmm. Ricardo Carvalho. Um, and and this game was seen as the new chapter, how it could be a new round of players to, to come into the to the team. Obviously, it didn't work. Losing against Albania at home was probably not as bad as drawing against Cyprus at home, but maybe very very similar and end up being in the same <laughs> the same result uh, national same team outcome, coach would be out and fernand sanch would be in even though before there was a big um, a lot of talks about it because people didn't like the fernand sanch being the one chosen he was seen as a very pragmatic coach uh, even though he did yeah. a very good job at greece and another thing was he had a very heavy ban uh, after the last game in the World Cup, I think he had a ban of around five or six games. So he would miss uh, from the bench a lot of the games uh, in this qualification. But even though uh, Fernando uh, Gomes went with him and and uh, the, the new chapter would begin against Denmark. And it was a very Portugal uh, way through because <laughs> we won every game. That was awesome. We were never managed to win for more than one goal difference. It was a lot of one nil, two ones, three twos, <laughs> a lot of goals <laughs> right at the end. So it was kind of a it was a, a sign. preparation. For... Yeah, it was a it was a precursor of what was yes, to come on the front of Santos. Absolutely. So end up being one of for probably the best one, like you said before. Uh, Statistically, the best qualification. Yeah, the best in eight games. Had. Seven Once. wins. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we had this group. Obviously, France didn't have to qualify, but France was playing against the teams from this group because we only had five um, five, um, five teams. So uh, we never managed to win France in any of those two friendlies, uh, if I recall properly. Uh, but, well, we managed to win them in the, the one that matters the most. That we're gonna the one that matters the, the most. And the qualification <laughs> games where the points mattered. Um, luckily, the games against France didn't count for that, as you say. the And at no point, by the way, and no point to me and myself and Philippe ever want to come across as um, as ungrateful when we refer to <laughs> no, yeah, no. as, because he's the greatest thing that's ever happened to this <laughs> national team. But there's um, sometimes you've got to call a spade a spade, as you say, Philippe, just to run through some of those scores. A 1-0 uh, in Copenhagen against Denmark. Uh, a, a, a slender 1-0 against Armenia. Uh, a 2-1 against Serbia. Goals there from two very um, strange sources. Well... Fabio Comensal, I'll give you, but also Ijada Covalho. So, two defenders. Uh, the 3-2 absolute epic against Armenia, which is the uh, Ronaldo Hatzik. Uh, 1-0 against Albania, Miguel Velos. Um, the 1-0 against Denmark at Braga, if I recall correctly. João Moutinho and then the 
game in Cel- uh, the last game in the qualification in Belgrade. Uh, again, João Moutinho and this time Nani, the 2-1 win against Serbia. So, as as we went through the, the Euro podcast from 84, this sticks out by far as there's a lot of Ws in that column. I mean, after losing that first game, they went on to win every single game. So, statistically, uh, Fernando Santos came in. The first thing he wanted to do was... First of all, just make Portugal hard to beat, hard to break down, and and you see there in terms of you know some not a lot of goals conceded, albeit in the in the Armenia game and then um, uh, in the games against Serbia conceded one each, but clean sheets in there and and also you know Portugal getting the job done, and that'll be a phrase that you over the next year two years Portugal would would get used to hearing is uh, a lot of the pundits, a lot of the people in the media, both in Portugal, both in England, around the world, where Portugal managed to get the job done. It was always this get the job done. Like it was never this emphatic, you know, four, five nil victory where you played this absolutely incredible football. It was Portugal getting the job done. And um and and did they ever. So Euro twenty sixteen drawn into a group with Iceland. Austria and Hungary. And looking at the group, if you I mean you compare that group to the group that Portugal are in at the moment in the game that we're about to kick off later, there's obviously a familiar familiar foe in there in Hungary. But uh you you're basically swapping out Iceland and Austria for Germany and France. So you're looking at this group in twenty sixteen and thinking, you know, Austria had some good players and Iceland had a really good, you know, really success, a real success story that year. They they won the hearts of a lot of people um, around Europe and around the world. But it was a group that Portugal would expect them to, you know, they go in favourites. And then it always helps when you've got someone like Cristiano Ronaldo in the team uh, and and several other, you know, big names in there. That's, you know, a lot of the players who are at the tournament now, João Moutinho, Rafael Guerreiro, um, who else have we got? Hugo Patrício. Uh, Renato Santos, who was there as as uh, this is when he was in his golden boy phase. Uh, he was a eighteen year old uh, new kid on the block, and then obviously um, some other players dotted in there as well. Danilo Pereira and and uh, obviously William Carvalho there, the, the velvet tank. And yeah, it starts off with a one-one draw. Uh, Portugal actually go ahead through Nani after about half an hour. Yeah, you're thinking, you know, start off with... And Austria got beat uh, early, earlier on in the day as well. I think it was a couple of hours before they lost to Hungary. And Austria had, you know, some, as I say, some some decent players. Austria ended up finishing rock bottom with uh, with just one point. But I remember at the time, well, personally, I, I, I saw them as being a bigger threat than, than Hungary. And when I saw Hungary win 2-0, I thought, get off on the right foot, get three points. And then go into the game against Austria, who be low on confidence, get a win there, and and we'll be flying, we'll be home and hose. But we started out with the points, <laughs> and Philippe, at, at that point, it, it, are you are you panicked at that point, or are you just thinking, right, get on to the next game, get three points in the bag? What's going on? How are you I feeling? Was, I was so convinced that we we're gonna go so easily through this group, and I'll tell you a quick Shame. story. I had book the game against Iceland off work. So at the time I was working in a gym. I booked this game off. I booked the second game against Austria off. And then in the last game I thought, when we play against Hungary, everything will be done. <laughs> It'll be done. <laughs> so I didn't have to book it, but obviously it wasn't. And when I realized I tried to book it off, my manager, uh, I couldn't book the all day, but I could book the two hours of 
of leg. <laughs> so basically what I did was I had to go into the gym, into a, a bike or a treadmill. I had to keep changing, keep on in walking pace to be able to watch it through the tally on the bike. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. As a so it was, it, not only was it mentally exhausting, it was physically, <laughs> physically exhausting. So I spent 90 minutes walking <laughs> and cycling to be able to watch the game on BBC. So you lasted, TV. yeah, oh my way. <laughs> <laughs> you lasted longer than some of the players. <laughs> yes. I was more tired than most of them. Oh, my way. Uh, after the first game, I, I remember watching the first game and thinking that this could be the same thing that was in 2004 against Greece. Because yes. my idea was, I didn't understand how, why in this game and then the game against Austria, we didn't play with the midfield they have been playing together throughout the year. So out of the four, so I used to play with a 4-4-2. Uh, for the national team, sporting at the time with George Zuzos playing in a in a similar system, and João Mario, Adrian Silva, and William Carvalho were in the team in the squad. But uh, in the first game, out of the three, only João Mario play, and uh, mm -hmm. Fernando Santos went with Danilo and, and João Moutinho. And to be honest, at the time, I didn't understand why. And well, I still don't understand why. Um, <laughs> why he would do that. Um, and I thought, okay, because in Greece was was similar thing. We had a midfield from Port, but in the first game we didn't really play that midfield. We tried to play yeah. a different group of players. And in That's this game, it was clearly seen that Jean Moutinho was probably in the one of the worst shapes that he had a long season at Monaco and Monaco um, went quite fine in the Champions League. So you could see that he was not uh, completely fit. And even in the game, some of the choices I didn't really get in this game, I think, would be better to play with the striker, either probably up front. Uh, there was a lot of movement, but you couldn't create much, to be fair. It was quite a, a boring game um, mm -hmm. because Iceland was so well organized. And to be fair with them, that's how they managed to, to go quite fine the, to in go the tournament. Far. It was very hard to break them down. I mean, yes, Aaron, do you want to speak about Iceland? Team, yeah, they, 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 um, they had the. <laughs> They captivated the crowds, and, and you can only ask England fans uh, on the thought of, of Iceland in that tournament. And as you say, you, you, you just pointed on something there, and that obviously whenever you make a, like an issue point like that, just to give context. <clears throat> so when Philippe says then about starting with a striker, and he means like a recognised number nine, for those that Portugal were, were sort of going through this period of playing... It's like false strikers, if you can call them that. As you say, Philippe, it was it was like a it was like this unorthodox four four two. Because in I mean, in the second game against Austria, again you had it was like a four four two. Carvalho and João Moutinho, but then Andre Gomes playing as this sort of left sided midfielder, but not an out and out winger. And then, as you say, those sort of inverted strikers in in Nani and. Cristiano Ronaldo, he, neither are recognised number nines. Obviously, in the last couple of years, you, you, you've actually saw you know Cristiano sort of go into that um, mould as, as his career has got on. But yeah, at this at this point, it was it was basically playing two wingers as a striker. So yeah, fully understand that point. And then in the game against, as I say, in Austria, went with a you know a, a similar shape and. Yeah, another game, another another draw. Um, this one was a was a nil nil. Um, what always strikes me about this game is when I look back, especially when you like when you watch the game. You know when you watch like the short, like the you know the highlights videos. Yeah. That they have on like YouTube, and it's like three or four minutes. The the highlights videos would make you believe that Portugal and Austria 
had about four shots each, and that's all that happened in the match. And it was only when I I went back and because I was watching it, I think it was I think UEFA put like a short highlights video up, and I was watching it. And I was thinking, I fully remember Portugal having about thirty shots during this match and and not being able to break through. And then I watched, I rewatched the game back. Portugal had twenty three attempts on goal. Austria had three, six on target, and Austria had one. Really stuck out for me was um. Just the way Austria got the body in 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 the way, the the amount of block shots, the amount of shots that didn't even get to the goal, it felt like I I well I was gonna say at a certain point, but throughout the game, just these like half chances where you lash and and nothing see nothing seemed you just knew for a fact like Portugal weren't gonna score, and like so many things were happening during that game, chances I was thinking people were diving in and like. I remember um, David Alaba in this game was playing almost like a number ten. He was playing like behind the striker, was was back and making like clearances on the goal line. And I was thinking, this is never going to happen here, like ever. And obviously, it never. The game finished nil nil. But memories of that game, Philippe, and and, and at this point, I mean, and I can tell you how I was feeling. I mean, after the after the first game, the one one, you're thinking. All right, pick it up against Austria and Hungary now because you know it. You're gonna to have to get a result against one of them. You're gonna to have to at least get a win and possibly a draw in the other game. And then when when that game finished nil nil, I thought, oh my god, we're going out in the groups. Like this, <laughs> we're, we're literally going to go out in the groups because I honestly in the in the Hungary game, I was thinking I wouldn't put it past Hungary to to, to sneak one here and um and and take all three points and. Two, and then at that point we'd have had two points, which wouldn't have, which wouldn't have been enough to go through uh, as one of the best third placed um, teams. I think all the all of the third placed teams went through on. Um, I think the top two went through on four, and then Portugal and Northern Ireland, I think it was, went through on three. And uh, yeah, wow. I mean, yeah, so yeah. From this game, what? Um... My biggest memories about this game was um, there. I liked that Quaresma started this game, so we went with more of a of a winger, bit of one v one. There we had so much ball. We had we had a lot of chances. Obviously, Ronaldo missed the penalty, and then I one didn't even I mentioned that. I yeah. didn't, oh my word! And then what I was wondering when the time goes on was was um, how late actually made the subs. Uh, I think until quite late in the game, he, he's not sure if he. If he keeps it the same way and and takes a draw and and uh, and go through, thinking about the third places to go through, or yeah. he, because it doesn't make much sense. One of his subs is on eighty three minutes with Andre Gomes coming off, and when he brings Eda, and then the last yeah. one is Nani off for Rafa coming in on eighty nine to play one minute, and yes. I was like, there's no why this this substitution is for something to happen in this game, um, so. Uh, I don't know. I was still wondering why we didn't play the center mids that, in my view, should be, and how we went after this uh, after this game. Uh, Moutinho played a bit better, but obviously it was clear that he had to to come off. Willem Carvalho improved quite a lot from uh, what Daniel done against Iceland, and then the the game against Hungary was it was it was first it was epic, <laughs> probably one of <laughs> one of the best games uh, of the tournament. Some goals um, in that game as well. Yes, when um, 
e obviously keeps André Gomes, uh, but he already out of the four, he plays two from from uh, from that supporting midfield. Only Adrian Silva didn't start this game. He doesn't yeah. start, but but then in the games after he, he would. And then there's, there's one of there's quite, uh, almost a what if moment that we spoke about in 2000, which is if this game happens, and obviously Portugal was one of the the last groups to to gain the pitch, like it was is going to happen this year. But if instead of being Group uh, F it was group A or B, so a lot earlier, it would be completely different because at the time, we knew with the draw, we'll be okay because we'll go three points. We'd have uh, a difference of goals of zero, which would be enough. Earlier, if we play in the group A or B, when we play, we probably would think that the difference of goals of zero is not enough. So we would have to keep on pressing and trying to win the game. Because if you if you rewatch this game, the game is amazing, but the last twenty minutes are shocking, because Hungary knows that they go through as first, and Portugal knows with the draw they will go through a second or third, so they don't need to worry about. So the last twenty game uh, twenty minutes, <laughs> nothing, literally nothing happens. <laughs> and if he if and just the draw. A, a simple yes, a simple thing, because if he is earlier, but do you understand what I mean? If he's earlier, yeah, 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 they don't know. If three points with the goal difference, yeah, the mentality is com- the mentality is completely different, isn't it? Yeah. And as you say, there, Philippe, if you're if you're thinking that you got to keep going for it, that also makes you susceptible at the back, and anything can happen. You know, you get it on the counter or something. But as you say, you get to, you know, Ronaldo scores the the equalizer on sixty two minutes, and then that's pretty much <laughs> that's pretty much it, then, isn't it? Because I think um, the 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 goals all come w- within. Apart from the 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 the, the Gera goal on twenty minutes, everything else sort of comes together because around Nani, fifteen minutes. Yeah, Nani scores the equaliser on forty two. Um, that forty seven, and then Ronaldo scores in the fiftieth, and then By he the scores way, again. That goal, the 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 fiftieth one is the two two at the time. Is it the two two? The one that the, the back heel? That's the flick, the back yes, heel. Oh, that amazing. goal is the best Portugal goal in the Euros for me. Better than Manish because. The first of all, the pressure because obviously against uh, the Manish's goal, we are winning one nil already, even though it's a semi final. I know, but the the movement first, Ronaldo's oh. having a terrible tournament until this game because the first two games he was uh, <laughs> he, he didn't have any impact apart from missing a penalty. But then <laughs> movement and then the little touch is, is the brilliant. touch, man. The touch yeah. is world class, isn't it? And there's only yeah. there's only you know a couple of players you can step up in a moment like that. I mean, I don't know. You know, I love Euro two thousand for its goals. I mean, <laughs> the the England game. And that, to be fair, um, yeah, no, that that that's definitely up there, definitely up there. And and then as I say, they and then um, Duzdach scores again on fifty five, and then. You know, like seven minutes later, Ronaldo on sixty-two, and then as you say, at that point, it's it's three-three. Um, we're both good. We're both... And then in this game, there's another <laughs> what-if moment because obviously everyone knows now. But finishing third, we went to the good side of the draw, as they call it. The good um, side, yeah. We were blessed. In that. Just because Iceland scores so late in the game against uh, Austria. But Iceland doesn't even need yes. to score their goal. If, yeah. if they draw... They scored like the 95th minute. Yeah, it was like the, the last kick of the game, wasn't it? Exactly. Iceland would be third. So Iceland actually would go to the good side of the draw and we would go to the bad side of the draw and we would end up playing England um, in the next England, round. Yeah. They played so, England on was, that side. They played England, France. Yeah. Uh, they, that, that side of the draw was England, France, France Germany. Germany. <laughs> yeah, so... 
just by two, first of all, being in a group F and not being in a group A, for, in my view, makes a massive difference. And then Iceland scoring a late goal that they didn't need to made a massive difference as well. So it's a, it's a game for <laughs> full of little things. And that even the reactions is... during the game, the reaction of Ronaldo uh, when they scored the 3-2, it's, uh, it's amazing when he looks like to the sky and be like... Uh, what the hell is going yeah, on here? Give me something, please. Yes, yeah, like, uh, what <laughs> is happening? Me. We're not able to win a game and we're losing against Hungary right now. Uh, so it's just a, it's just an amazing uh, game. And if you don't want to go back and watch all the games, just go watch from the the the, the 42 minutes until the, the yeah, 62 yeah. minutes. <laughs> until the 60 second. The, it's 20, 20 minutes of football. Minutes, <laughs> is electric. happens. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> As you say there, Philippe, we, we get put on the uh, the the so-called good side of the group. Um and we come up against the team that in, in two years' time we'll get to the World Cup final. The, Philippe got his wish with um with the <laughs> William yes. Carvalho, Adrian Silver and Sean Mario. Even just them, he was as well uh, Cedric Soares for Vieira. Yes. Uh, yeah. Font for Ricardo Carvalho. Uh, so it's like uh, switched and on and Fernandes had and he thought, oh, wait there. <laughs> if I bring a bunch of guys that played together, a Maybe younger a cent- not a centre-back <laughs> with 45 years old and a younger, quicker full-back, it might work. It just might yeah. work. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Who knows? This team was made for uh, this type of game, which was a team that likes yeah. to have the ball. We could be compact. Yeah. As soon as we won the you ball, we had speed. to you had the speed still in, play in as a front that can go Ronaldo, obviously that can go, go wide quite fast. Yeah. And and it was it was a first of all before before the game started for me it was one of the moments of the tournament when it isn't even he's from a Portuguese player, but when Serna cries in the national anthem, that memory was stuck in my head. I think it was a quite good moment. Then during the game, it was a very tight game. I think not much happened until especially when Renat Sanchez comes on for Andre Gomes, Andre Gomes which was yeah. the, the last little piece that made the, the then the starting eleven until uh, uh, the end uh, on no. targets during the, the, the 90 minutes. So it was... It was quite balanced uh, game. By the end of the the ninety minutes, neither of the teams want to risk too much because obviously they knew if they considered the goal, they would be over. And then on the on the extra time was a was a bit of the same. It was a lot of thinking. The rhythm was quite slow. Not much would happen. And then it was the the moment of magic when Renato Sanchez wins the ball back. He tries. He drives with the ball, which is literally his best feature, which is when he has space to go yeah. forward. Um, Especially at the time, but still now, when he has space to go forward with the ball under control, it's it's, it's very very strong, and it felt like he was he ran with the ball for like uh, two minutes. In my yeah, head, that yeah. game was so slow. They he felt like he took yeah. the ball for such a long time. To, gives it to Nani, is it to Nani? Nani yeah, it and Nani then like misplaces a, another what if because yeah, Nani it, misplaces the shot. He get, end up it's going like to outside the foot, yeah, like a, a this Ronaldo. Yeah, who then? Ronaldo then doesn't uh, finish very well because from that angle and just with the keep in front, he could do a lot better. But but isn't it there to, 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 to score the easiest goal in his career? <laughs> but then yeah, um, then it yeah. was uh, quarterfinals. Here we go, mate. I mean, do, do you remember the chance that? Um, that Croatia had at the end when when they sent uh, Subasic up, the keeper <laughs> was in the box, and it's I can't remember who who, who wins because I was fuming at the time because I was like, how's he winning that header? Someone jumps behind, I think it's Cedric, and and um, 
and wins the header but heads it a back across goal when re- really he should try and go hard and lower Patricio and, and bounce it up. He goes across goal and Subasic is standing in the middle but it just doesn't, it takes like a deflection, doesn't reach him and then uh, he starts sprinting back up the pitch and then uh, I think it's I think because I think it's Vida with the with the with the shot, and he just drops to the floor, and I'm like, oh my god, we've done it, we've actually done it, like <laughs> blow the whistle, I think, and then that's it. The, the whistle literally goes after that, and uh, Fernando Santos on the pitch with his um with his arms like to the crowd, like asking like to be louder, like, and you think, oh my god, so much here. Uh, this is this is like the most animated I've ever seen. <laughs> Usually it's just. <laughs> Smoking a cigarette. <laughs> and um, yeah, so at this point as well, just to point out, Portugal still haven't won in 90 minutes at this no, point. Yeah. Um, so, but I mean, well, uh, at this point, it's it's, it's going to go on, don't worry. Um, the next game, it's Poland and it doesn't get off to the greatest start. I think literally about 100 seconds. <laughs> Um, Robert Lewandowski get that, that time he hadn't scored one goal obviously <laughs> we had this amazing obviously striker <laughs> <laughs> he only scored against us in the beginning and and the first uh, first 20-25 minutes uh, close until Renato Sanchez's goal Poland was all over Portugal um, rewatching the bits like the midfield was, yeah. was completely gone Lewandowski yeah. Milic and then, uh, especially Grosicki, which was uh, then later went to, to Hull City, they were completely uh, Adrian Silva and Renato Sanchez and even Jomari was they were not able to keep it um, keep the ball at all. And Poland was was way superior than us. Then with the goal, a bit more calm, and we were we still it was it ended up being after very similar to to the game against um, against Croatia. We were able to to keep the ball a bit better after. Um, especially when Motin came on, um, but it was still not easy, <laughs> and we still had to suffer. Not <laughs> like everything though, with Portugal yeah. in this tournament, we had to suffer, and then we had yeah. the most amazing moment when Ronaldo turns to João Motinho and oh tells my him, God. And the Bater. And the Bater. And the Bater. Too much, Translating, you say, come and have a go because you're good at this, more or less. Yeah. When we all know well. that Moutinho is not, he's not very good at this. <laughs> oh, Philippe, fact, you did the deep dive on this. You did the statistical yeah. analysis of, of João Moutinho's penalty the record. The most important penalty, well, excluding this one against Poland, in the other two other very important penalties he had, one for Portugal, 2012, and we know how they end up going. He missed. Uh, apparently scoring against uh, Chesney is easier. Than, uh, Fabianski is not even Chesney. It's Fabianski at the time. Uh, is easier than uh, scoring against Casillas. And then a few years before, when he was young at Sporting, he had a very important penalty against Porto as well for the Portuguese Cup. And trying to guess what happened? He missed. So he missed. I don't know what uh, Ronaldo knows about penalties and, and Moutinho, but... Um, well, to give him confidence at least. Too fast, And the third. Have you actually saw Philippe this? Um, this oh, but yeah, happening? there's one more thing. Sorry, like the, go on, go on, go on. The, I don't know if you remember. There's a moment, like I guess, it's like in the last 15, 10 minutes. I don't remember which minute it is, where Moutinho 
makes such an amazing ball. He like it does a little flick on a ball to go over the back four. And then my head, like Ronaldo, is completely learned to shoot. He tries to yes. go and hit the he first tries, time and misses he tries the to ball. hit the first time on a volley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and uh, Fabianski just picks the ball up. Like, yeah. Like, bounces like, into his gloves just... and you think, oh my God. <laughs> Jesus. How? Yeah, and he's yeah. uh, he, obviously... Ronaldo does his famous uh, look to the sky a lot in this game. Every time the camera pans to him, he's just he's got his hands on his hips. I can see it now. He's got yeah. his hands on his hips, and, and he's and just. Tell me if I if I'm not mistaken, but at this time he's not the last one scoring the penalty. It was the first one. Oh my god! <laughs> he didn't want to to make the Duh. same mistake again. You, a Euro, uh, a Euro 2012 again. Um, <laughs> I mean, that episode's coming soon, guys, as well. I don't know why it's coming out after 2016, but I wanted to get the final out first. Um, obviously, then then we, the, we we all know what happens. It goes to uh, it goes to penalties. And um, I've actually just got the penalty shootout to watch now as I'm talking. Fantastic penalty from uh, <laughs> the the uh, the winning penalty. Quaresma's the last the last penalty, um, and that's it. Portugal win five three on penalties and and just what I was going to go back to to the uh, and the Bater moments. If you go onto the 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 um, the Portuguese the shop online, um, like the official the official store, they've got like merchandise for Euro twenty twenty and they've they've designed uh, and the Bater t shirts. Really? So it's like <laughs> yeah. So like so so it's there's like a silhouette. Of um, Ronaldo, and he's like the silhouette of him, like you know, what he's doing like the the arms, if to say, like come here, come here, and it's got underneath, uh, like and over there, and then I think it's got on the sides, like two two us. <laughs> I'm just like, what a mar- what what marketing from uh, from from Portugal? I mean, Portugal at this point still haven't won, <laughs> still haven't won in normal time, um, which is just incredible, really, because. Going into the semi-finals out of a tournament, uh, didn't win a game in the group stage and still haven't won a game uh, over ninety minutes in in the uh, in the knockouts. But none of that matters because the game against um, Wales until um, just after fifty minutes. But it felt like Portugal needed to obviously get the first goal. Um, but then Portugal went and done something that Portugal don't really do is 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 put our minds to rest quite quickly, um, because the classic Portugal would have been to go ahead after after fifty minutes and then and then keep it one nil right until the ninety third minute and then end up having a counter attack from Wales which takes us to the uh, to the extra time. But Ronaldo scores after fifty minutes and then Nani scores after like fifty two or fifty three, so literally two three minutes later and and it feels like within a couple of minutes it's. Um, it's insurmountable for for Wales to come back from, and yeah, it was. I mean, those first fifty minutes, regardless of how of how Portugal played, and I think in the especially in the first half, I think throughout the entire game, probably had like 15, 16 shots. But Wales had some attempts on goal as well. Like Wales went, you know, completely eleven men behind the ball. It wasn't that display. Sort of, because uh, there was times I was thinking, "Oh my God, don't!" And especially, obviously, when you got players like um, Bale, obviously on the pitch, and Robson Carney at this point was having <laughs> an absolutely amazing tournament. Uh, Joe Allen was at this point in his career where he was that sort of that um, in the four, kind of like the way they were playing a back three, but he was he was that sort of uh, 
right centre mid, that third man, and he, he was like picking passes off, and, and he thought if if Wales win the win the ball in a decent area, they'll um they they can make chances. But thankfully, Portugal didn't take us to extra time on this occasion. Philippe uh, didn't didn't make sure our heart rate went to two hundred beats per minute. Yeah, first of all, I thought until I uh, I check uh, this one, I just checked the highlights. Um, for some reason in my head, I thought the goals were a lot earlier in the game, still in the first half. Yeah. So I was very surprised when uh, I rediscovered yeah. that in the second half. <laughs> um, second half yeah. yeah, but in this game, the, the biggest memory that I have is that um, we could see that Ramsey was not playing for Wales. So Ramsey at this tournament, him and Bale, but Ramsey especially, it was very, very important for what, everything that uh, Wales did. And this game, yeah. he, he was suspended. So Andy King play, which was... Uh, a massive difference. So it felt like from the, the very strong organization that Wales had and a very strong, especially Bailey was a, one of the, the, be- the best players of the tournament, there was something missing. The connection was missing and that connection was, was Ramsey. And I think that really damaged them. Yeah, because in terms of the game, yes, yes, like Bale, especially he, when he had the ball in and drive at pace at uh, Brunoals, because yeah, he, he had a couple of couple yeah. of efforts, and he had to, one way who Patricio pulls off. Yeah, it looks like a standard save, but 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 as you say, Bale travelled with it and and got some power behind it. Yeah, um, and because obviously the the weakness was the speed of our centre backs in this game was uh, Fonte and, and yeah, Brunoals because and Pepe Brunoals. was was off. Um, so I think that was probably the the biggest thing that damaged uh, Wales. And and another thing was Portugal had to do something that they done it against Iceland and against Austria never on the two occasions with a great degree of success, which was actually having the control of the game and, and being the ones that should have the control of the game. Because against yeah. Croatia, clearly that was not the intention. Even against Poland, the, I think Portugal would be happy if, if uh, Poland had the ball. Uh, against Hungary, it was just uh, those crazy twenty minutes that uh, took the game to a to a different level. So this one was the game that we had to have more of the ball, which could not have sweet. Mm, was not probably the the biggest asset of this team, but ended up being quite the chill <laughs> game and, and yeah. a very different <laughs> semi final than what we had before. Yeah, I mean that's to say as uh, when those when those um when the when the goal when the, especially when the, the second goal goes in, I memory I remember this. I was watching this game, and I I didn't even celebrate the nanny goal because I was I swore that it was offside. And you know you know when you you know when you watch something live and like you see everyone celebrating and you're standing there and you think no they're gonna disallow it like and obviously VAR hadn't taken over football at this point. But like I'm thinking I'm just looking at it because I think it's um. Ronaldo has the shot, doesn't he? And it gets, um, it's sort of like dragged wide. Nanny sticks a leg out and sort of yeah. pokes it, and you see the whole Wales back line like turn to the linesman. And then when you actually look at, like, when he showed the replay, it was only when he showed like the third replay, I started celebrating. I was like, oh, I just had this face of, nah, like, surely no, they're, they're gonna disallow it. It's, yeah, it's it's no, there's no way that Portugal are gonna go two 0 and in 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 the comfort seat, in the driving seat. Sorry. After, with with what like half an hour to go, there's no way, there's no way. Two goal cushion, not even Portugal could uh, could could let this slip, and uh, and they didn't. Um, yeah, the the rest of the game then, I think the only things that really stick out to me after that is Ronaldo had a, had a free kick that went quite close. Um, I think it just just goes over the bar. Um, and what else? No, else happened after. In, in the, oh, the, in was it? The, 
Danilo had a, had, a, had a shot that nearly went over the line. Do you remember that? The proper random shot. You probably have to go back and watch the highlights. It was only because I was watching it last night. He's like driving through midfield out of nowhere. <laughs> and he's act- it looks like Portugal are 1-0 down the way he's running. And he hits the shot and it goes underneath... Um, Who's in goal? Wayne Hennessy, I think it is. Wayne Hennessy's arms, and it's on the line. And then Nanny like dives in, you know, to try and like scramble it in. And um, and and Hennessy like he picks the ball up and turns around to Nanny, and he's like saying to Nanny like, you know, what, what the hell are you doing? Um, and Nanny's like, yeah, I was entitled to go for it. <laughs> or um, and then yeah, they had oh the the late break at the end. I can't remember who it was, but just completely overruns it. It might have been um, it might have been Ronaldo, I think. So they had chance, Portugal had chances to be honest to, to to sort of kill the game off, but yeah, it was as you say, Philippe. It was a, it was comfortable, especially when it got to that point. First off was a little bit here or there because as you say, Bale when he's driving with the ball, anything can happen, and he's the type of player as well. He has at that. I don't know whether you'll agree, but at that point in his career as well, you know that fear factor that. Ronaldo had where he didn't have to be having a good game but you know that if he picks it up and hits it from 30 it can go in and you don't fear that really with, with a lot of players because you have to have a certain level of actual well confidence and, and technical ability to be able to I mean anyone can hit a worldie but it was like we'd saw Bale so often like yeah Bale Ronaldo at the time was, was still is, very very strong he, he, that, he just that, had won the, the the second Champions League for Real Madrid. We yes, still had yeah, the yeah. Tottenham years very fresh in our minds. So and that's that's sort of last that last season at Tottenham, where he literally he would pick the ball up and it was it was Ronaldo esque. He picked the ball up and just smack it and he was hitting them from like 20, 30 yeah. yards. And because obviously I was slow the, the centre half, so when he started driving, I was thinking, don't let him get his angle off, do not let him. And he, he had a couple of shots, but to be fair, Rui Patricio was, was equal to everything. And he had a fantastic tournament as well. We haven't actually mentioned him. Um, Saint, Saint, Saint Patrick, man. Saint Patricio. Uh, he was, uh, his game was, he, was the French game. The reason, the re- there's a reason why uh, he ended up with, with a statue. Um, <laughs> so, that's a wonderful statue of his about like full stretch as well. They need to put one outside there. That's our wolf. Four days later, France on home soil. France had just come off. They just scored five past Iceland. Um, the all the big boys were on the were on the were on the score sheet. Paul Pogba, Griezmann, Giroud, Payet. He was playing really well at this point. Um, and yeah, I think going into the final, not and and also yeah, just completely forgot. Um, the they played Germany in the semi final. Again, Griezmann red hot form. I think he scored in. In um in all of the knockout rounds, didn't he? Because he scored. Did he score? He scored twice against Ireland. He didn't score Ireland. One. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. Don't you worry about that. Um, and then yeah, we we uh, we go into the final. Finally, um, Stade Stade de France absolutely packed. 76,000 people packed in there. Um, I mean, I just remember everything about this game. Uh, like, I think yeah. everyone remembers. But yeah, the game was was uh, very cagey until the the eighth minute, where Paya injures Ronaldo, and then from the eighth minute to the twenty five, we had the the San Patricio save uh, from the the Griezmanns. What a leap! I, <laughs> I I I love watching that back because I think every and you know, because the the the, the little clipped ball. 
over. Um, and it's it comes from a it comes from a, a pet mistake as well because he's he's running out with the ball and like slips and I can't remember who who is it who who plays the plays the pass um who who picks it up I think it might be Payet and he plays like a clipped pass like over um over over someone's head I can't remember who I think it might be um uh, William Carvalho and when he leaps into the air like that you're thinking this is going to be one of those goals where. Just like that still image of him in the air, like leaping, is going to go everywhere. And then Saint Patrice, man, out of nowhere, just and then yeah, I mean the scenes of of uh, Cristiano going off on the stretcher, absolutely in tears. And again, Philippe, another another sort of parallel to to two thousand and four, because although there he didn't go off, <laughs> and injured, and by the way, I... Ronaldo's tears is easy to to forget. But the one that Payet gives on Ronaldo is not even a free kick. <laughs> oh no, no, yeah, just completely play on. And anyway, oh, it's Clattenberg, isn't it? There's but even it would be such a, a shame if uh, that Griezmann's header is a goal because it's Pepe mistake. Like uh, I don't know yeah, if he yeah, trips yeah. over or what he's, the hell no, happened he's, to him. He's, he's running, he's running with the ball, and do you know when like <laughs> the ball get, you know when the ball gets like ahead of you, and you go to hit it with your left foot, you go to hit it with your right foot, but your left foot hits it first, <laughs> like kicks it away by by and then he like slips, and then as I think it's Payet that picks up the ball, but at this point. William Carvalho's like dropped in because he saw Pep drops in, get gets that ball like loop, looped over his head, and and that's why Griezmann's in. But yeah, I mean, if he doesn't doesn't make, I mean, that it would have been harsh because I mean, at that point you're just thinking because when Pep sees that he's overran the ball, he tries to just swing his foot to get rid of it. But at that point, it's 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 sort of too late. And then um, and then he's just yeah, as I say, Patricio and Patricio. Just he has another very is... good save against uh, in the shot from Sissoko, where Sissoko, he turns yeah. Cedric oh. inside out. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then, and then after yeah. Pi- Pi- yeah, because um, Payet on the left is he intense someone inside out, and then gives it to Sissoko, who then turns yeah. Cedric inside out. <laughs> um, and then and then Cedric, do you remember Cedric getting turned inside out by is it Coman in the is it the second half when he he puts the ball in for. It's an absolute belter of a ball as well. The four Griezmann, and this is in the yeah, this is in the second half, and he's down the left hand side, and I think it is Kingsley Coman. He he, he turns Cedric inside out, and then <laughs> Cedric puts, had puts, a harsh game. <laughs> yeah, he he, he he puts in a um, one of those crosses where you put it in that space in between the goalkeeper and like the the defenders. Griezmann finds that space, leaps, and you're thinking. Yeah, this is like this is going in. And really? um, while we're talking, think... I'm watching some of the highlights, and 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 is literally Rui Patricio against everyone. Oh yeah, I get the world. It is shocking how how I mean, how really was in this game, and then seventy nine minutes and that comes on. Do you remember this? This this the because people I like, I forgot this when I watched it last time as well when Portugal nearly won it. Um, Oh, I haven't got the highlights in front of me. Who is it? You're gonna to have to find them. Someone's running down the right hand side. Um, it's not Cedric, is it? And he plays across, but the, but it goes to to Loris, and he like it looks like it's gonna go in. Like it's like a miss hit cross. Loris like scrambles, um, palms it away, and then Charisma tries it over there. Oh in yeah, the box. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Nani that, that makes the cross, and then Charisma tries. And that's uh, um, yeah, the overhead. But then uh, straight after, you have the Sissoku shot from super far out that Patrice said, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. the one that uh, I think is Jignac um, 
turns, I think it's Pepe as well. Pepe gets too close on him and he just yeah, like he, has he, a little he, touch yeah. to, to his left foot and then the one that hits the post. I literally, when I seen that one, like when the ball's traveling to, to the post, like because the nets were white, like from the camera angle, looks like the ball's going in. Like Jeez. while the ball's traveling, I remember thinking like the super quick toss that you think, oh, she's in. Like on the 90th minute, that's so unfair. And then, and then extra time, the, um, in my idea, we the bar? Portugal... Portugal with the free kicks, remember? Well, yeah, the the crossbar with uh, Rafael Guerreiro. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, such a and Loris, Loris. I don't think he gets a hand to it. Um, smashes off the bar because Boom. people talk about <laughs> yeah, like people talk about Eddie coming on. They talk about the goal. People don't talk about how much Eddie absolutely just changed it because yeah. Fernando Santos. He... I remember, I remember Fernando Santos talking about the substitution and why he did it, and he explains it quite well, which was. He felt like the midfield was getting tired, so he could not like get out because the pressure was so strong. So his idea was, I'm going to play at the front because he can run in behind because either he, he yeah, was yeah. at the time a very he fast He can do both, player, can't he? But he could hold the ball very well and then hold the ball as well, yeah. Feet very for, strong. For Quaresma and Ani. Like, his explanation was, was, was very, very good. Okay, you ready? <laughs> yeah. Go. Rebound. Oh, no. <laughs> 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 oh my god but look who's that who's that pu pulling him trying to pull him and then he moves away from him yeah it was Koscielny yeah 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 and and oh my god that finish another that thing is I don't know if you remember but isn't Lohi's yeah, like before the goal he has a touch in his knee and that's why like he doesn't move so fast it's if not, not as mobile yeah yeah I, I think it was that. after the free Possibly, kick yeah. of, of Rafael Guerrero I think he starts complaining about his knee because he hits the post when he tries and save him, and then just crazy. I've just those scenes. I like how they go celebrate so close from Griezmann. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Griezmann know, is just on their shot, like. <laughs> and what the, you know what the, you know what's what's sad as well is um you know that you know the still image of that of that picture where it's it's uh, all the players around Griezmann, and it's the fact that everyone in the picture is eligible to play for Portugal, including Griezmann. <laughs> <laughs> like Griezmann is in between all these players, and it's like. I mean, I suppose the World Cup probably softened the blow two years later. Yeah, I don't think he's too worried um, about it now. Yeah, Antoine Antoine Lopes Griezmann uh, after his, uh, his his grandfather Antonio Lopes, who was Portuguese. There's a little fact for you uh, for your listeners out there. So Griezmann has as um as yes yeah, got Portuguese heritage, and yeah, the scenes at the final whistle, uh, mm, that man. picture of of uh, Renato Sanchez jumping on top of. Of uh, of he's like at the top of the pile, and I think at that point, Ronaldo's not even celebrating with the players. No, he's, he's, he's just he's still he's on the celebrating line. Celebrating with just... someone from the staff, in it. Yeah, that's because he's the man. He's doing it. He's doing what the manager. He's like, I'm not going on the on the pitch with the players. I'm staff now. I am because <laughs> he staff. became. Yeah, he was Trinidad. He was Mister Ronaldo. <laughs> he was the cafe. Wow, <sighs> Philippe, I'm exhausted. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and then, like, that's it. hopefully, by the end of uh, the, these heroes, we're gonna do a, a one as well. <laughs> oh my god! Do you know what though? Oh do you know, just like goodness. this is why I, I hope people. Obviously, I know tomorrow releasing it today, Portugal play, and people are being working when they finish. Really, they might not have time and stuff, and I get that. But I hope people. Managed to tune in before, um, before the Portugal game because this it doesn't have put you in a good mood. I mean, now it's now 
23.48, so it's it's 12 minutes to midnight here. And um, I feel wide awake. Like, that that goal. I'm feeling like, bring on her, the game. Yes, actually. Like, the, the all fear is just completely gone because I've just watched us concede 100 shots to, <laughs> to France and yet still win 1-0. I mean, one thing we haven't mentioned is when I watched the replays back, what on earth is that on Charisma's hair? Yeah, that gold shocking. feather yeah. on the back. Like, did he not know that all the pictures that he'd look back on, you know, that final, all the pictures in his house in the frame, he's going to have a golden feather on the back of his head. <laughs> I don't think he'll be too worried about that. He looks at no, that picture and then so. looks next to the picture, the medal will be like, yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, really yeah. care. Myself and Philippe as well, if you're listening to this, after, if you listen to this before the Portugal game, um, then after the Portugal game is finished, you obviously are then after Germany and the France game. Then after the Germany and France game, myself and Philippe will be going live on YouTube um, where we've just hit. Uh, we were on 100 and something the other day. We're on uh, over 200 subscribers now, which doesn't sound like a lot, but considering um, we've we've had about 130 subscribers in the last five days. So let's just keep that up. We're going to get some content on there. Uh, it's going to be looking nice, new and shiny. We'll be going live for the first time ever as well, so not edited. Um, there'll be uh, like a comment box on there for you to to join, ask questions all about the Portugal-Hungary game, whatever the result may be. Hopefully, we're discussing it with a smile on our face and a beer, talking about how good we were. Um, and if things don't go too well, we'll be analysing the reasons as as to why behind that as well. And also, we'll, we'll drop in and have a little... Um, a little, a little bit about the the France and the Germany game, obviously as well. But yeah, for all your Portuguese discussion, we'll be going live on YouTube for the first time. So don't miss out because in five years' time, when uh, when our YouTube channel is is really big and we got loads of subscribers, you'll be able to look back and say there was Prossi the first, one. Fi- first, yeah, first ever, first ever live, and also this is Prossi Missionada's first ever international tournament. It kicks off today, so. And uh, we'll see it all on YouTube. And this, oh, as well, has been Oz O'Keefe's. I hope this has been something that you know you have enjoyed. As I say, the 2008 and 2012 will be coming out the day after. Um, so that'll be coming out on Wednesday. But when you go back on, on Spotify and stuff, it'll be in its in its order before 2016. So um, yeah, go back to listen to that. And this will be something that'll stay on Spotify and, and Apple and stuff. So whenever it comes around to a major tournament, if you ever ever want to go back down memory lane, it'll always be there for you to listen to. Philippe, nice one for joining me on this uh, trip down memory lane. Always a pleasure, mate. And always a pleasure. Bring on tomorrow. I'll see you in, yeah, I was going to say I'll see you in. I'll see you in twenty twenty one.